Welcome to the Berkey Guide podcast. We're focusing today on a road race. Yes, a road race. Pavement, miles, 26.2 to be exact. Like the Berkey, it's the biggest marathon-length race of its type in the Western Hemisphere. Bigger than the Berkey, 50,000 participants. Start spreading the news. I'll spare you the rest of my singing. But why? Why are we talking about the New York City Marathon? Well, I'm running it. Um, It has some illustrious skiers running the race, including myself. Um, But it actually has some even more illustrious skiers. Maybe more so than we've ever had on the podcast before. They've skied the Berkey, so, you know, it's related to the Berkey. Um, But I qualified in last year, and I sort of had no idea that I'd be running with skier royalty. But I am, and I definitely am. Uh, And I think without further ado, we'll just get to the podcast. Welcome to the Berkey Guide podcast. We're actually talking about a different marathon today, not the Berkey, but a road marathon. And I'm going to introduce our guests. Um, I don't think really for Berkey skiers, either of the guests needs any introduction, but I'm going to introduce them anyway. Uh, We have uh, Brian Gregg. Brian Gregg is a many-time Berkey skier. Brian, have you won the Berkey or are you just sort of always in the top five? I I haven't always been in the top five. My highest finish was last year, uh, second place, but... uh, Caitlin's won it a number of times. She reminds me of that. We're still working for that uh, that top step. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so she's won, I think. She's the winningest Berkey skier. And uh, Brian, you went to the Olympics in 2014? Correct. All right, and, uh, and you are running New York City Marathon in a couple weeks, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, and if you thought that that was a, an illustrious skier, the other one person has been to the Olympics five times, uh, has skied exactly one Berkey, um, but we have Keegan Randall with us, who's also running a marathon. So thanks, Keegan, for coming on. Oh, well, thanks for having me. This is pretty exciting for the Berkey Guide podcast. I think our most illustrious, most, we haven't had a gold medalist on yet, so now we have. Um, so um, I, I guess a little background is that uh, last year I went out and ran a half marathon. I PR'd by about a minute, was just fast enough to get me into New York Marathon. Um, and I've actually probably run more road marathons than anyone else on the podcast combined. Uh, and so this year I started looking around, I'm like, okay, New York City's going to be fun, I'm going to train for it and taper, and then I realized that about half the ski world was running it too, in addition to Keegan and Brian, Liz Steven, who's a U.S. ski team member, or a re- recently retired ski team member is running, she couldn't come on today, but uh, I'm going to be surrounded and probably behind a bunch of Olympic cross-country skiers, um, so I'll sort of wave to them in the Verrazano. But I wanted to talk about a few things with them, which is why they're running. But also, um, I know a lot of cross-country skiers, we only have about four months of snow, so we have to do something in the off-season. So sort of how they are um, how they are training for a marathon as part of, or instead of, or in addition to cross-country ski training, and how that's something that maybe some of us slower and less uh, skilled skiers can, can put into our dry land training, because we all know that the real the real competition comes in a few months in, in Wisconsin, or at least for, for the subject of this podcast. Brian, why don't we start with you? Like, why did you decide to run the New York City Marathon? Yeah, so we had an addition about three weeks before this last year's uh, American Berkebiner, and that was uh, baby Heidi. And so knowing that baby Heidi would potentially be coming along, or actually at that point in time, we knew that Heidi was coming 
I, I wanted to have a goal, an athletic goal that, that I felt like I could prepare for, be, be excited about, that I could kind of share with her. So I knew that I'd be running a lot more than skiing with a, with a jogger. And so it's like, well, this would be a great time to take advantage of, of, uh, of a little bit increased running miles over the summer and take on the New York City Marathon. Uh, my wife Caitlin was born in New York City and kind of grew up there, and so that was, that was, I've never run a marathon, and I thought, wow, that would be a really, really fantastic one to uh, to go for. And uh, Caitlin was going to run it as well, and she, I think, was injured training. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, she had a um, a full rupture of her right hamstring um, just a few weeks ago, and so that's that's been unfortunate, but. The um, the good news, she actually just met with her surgeon today, and she's been cleared to cross country ski. They don't quite understand how she can do this with uh with with no hamstring attached there, but she actually had a partial tear on the left side, and actually has only had one hamstring since two thousand eleven, and so I think she's done a really good job sort of compensating with with other strengths and. She's she's able to ski, so she'll she'll be uh, she's looking forward to the Berkey this this uh, February. All right, well that's that sounds good. I'm, uh, we're gonna miss her. Uh, would have been ha- fun to have even more skiers. Um, now, Keegan, you've uh, if that sounds like a health issue, you've had even more of that. You know, I, I guess for those of you who do, don't know, in two thousand, let's see if I get my math right here. Two thousand seventeen, you also had a, a child, wreck. And 2018 was your final Olympics, and you brought home the first gold medal for the United States. And then retired, and then tell us what happened after that. It was a few weeks after my last cross-country ski race where I officially retired. And it was Mother's Day. I was getting ready for bed, and I happened to notice a little hard spot that didn't seem right. Got it checked out, and about a month later, I found out that I had breast cancer. So that was uh, about a year and a half ago, and you went through chemo and actually skied your first Berkey uh, last year sort of right after that ended and you know uh maybe you didn't have the best race you've ever had but I think pretty impressive for the circumstances what got you to go from that what got you to do the uh doing the New York City Marathon I had actually looked at doing the New York City Marathon uh in the year after I retired from ski racing um all the girls in the US ski team we had all gotten involved with active against cancer uh and what they do in Norway and we every year when the World Cup would come through Oslo our whole team would go to these workout centers they'd created in the hospital and we would work out with the patients who are currently going through their treatment. And it was always incredibly inspirational to see that physical activity was helping people get through their treatment, both physically and mentally. And so knowing that Active Against Cancer was founded by Greta Waits, who was a nine-time winner of the New York City Marathon, I think Liz Steven and Ida Sargent and I all kind of thought, well, when we retire, it would be so cool to go do the marathon do it with active, you know, try something different. And so that was the plan coming off my season last year. And then cancer got in the way. And I actually entertained the idea of trying to do the marathon last year. But after about three rounds of chemotherapy, uh, getting knocked down pretty good, I realized that that probably wasn't the smartest thing. Um, So I resolved to go and watch Liz run the marathon last year. It was incredibly inspirational to be out there with 50,000 people to watch Liz run, to watch our, our Swedish World Cup friends run. And so in my mind, it was going to be my goal to work my way back and be here for the New York Marathon in 2019. 
So it actually happened, you've been active with active, active with active against cancer since before getting cancer and then it's sort of come full circle now. Yeah, it's totally ironic. I mean, I um, had, I think we started doing stuff with active against cancer in 2012. So my, the last few years of my career, we did stuff with them. Um, I actually got a call from the co-founder about two weeks before I got my diagnosis that they invited me to come to their annual awards and actually receive a, an award for the work that, that myself and the ski team had done. And it was like, wow, that's so cool. I'd love to. I'm planning to come to the marathon. And then I get the diagnosis and I end up calling her back and, and saying, you won't believe this, but our connection just got a lot stronger. Um, you know, I've, I've just found out I have cancer and now this, now your mission means even more to me. And I'd say now that I've lived through cancer treatment, I am more of an advocate than ever for how important physical activity is as part of cancer treatment. And uh, it's just going to be with such pride that I get to run the New York Marathon and just keep spreading that message. That's, I mean, it's it's just sort of amazing that how how ironic, I guess, as you, as you said it is, that that happened and that, you know, I guess we're a year after you thought you were going to be running, um, but, you know, now it, it means so much more. Um, so I guess the question I had and, and what I really wanted to, to, to focus on, in addition to that, of course, is sort of how you go about when you've been doing ski training for years and years and years, how you go about cycling and marathon training, which is pretty different. Um, you know, it's, it's still a lot of time, but it's also, you know, it's so much more impact. Um, and how you go about cycling into sort of a new sport uh, for that kind of uh, training. So um, I, I guess, Brian, you've sort of had the more normal of the training cycles because you're not coming off of chemo. So how have you started, um, you know, staying with your high-level skiing training as well as cycling in a, a marathon right before ski season? Uh, it's funny you ask that because I would say that that's changed throughout my preparation process. So starting out, I said, oh, well, I'm going to increase my running mileage. I'll just run quite a bit more than I ski. And I tell you, I certainly have gained a lot of respect for running. Running is hard. And Amen. Uh, throughout, <laughs> throughout my ski training, I, I've, I've always run, I don't know, maybe three, four times a week. Um, pretty regularly, but the, you know, to put in back-to-back running days at a higher tempo and a higher pace, and then particularly because I've been running with the, um, you know, I started running with Heidi and she was only about three months old, so the, uh, I was mostly running on pavement, so it'd be a smoother ride for her. The, uh, I've actually found that the ski training has been very important for me to have the cardiovascular fitness and actually maybe a little bit more of the lactate shuttling and I've been just trying to bring my mileage up high enough that I can handle the um, handle the uh, the muscular load. Yeah, handling the impact. I, I the first marathon I ran many years ago, and it was almost a ski marathon because it was it was in Ashland, Wisconsin, and it was twenty seven degrees and snowing. So the first ten miles we were on snow, and I sort of wished I'd had skis. Um, someone told me you need to train for the pounding. I I didn't, and I did not have the greatest race, but I sort of learned learned from that. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it's so different because skiing, the great thing about skiing is it's low impact. I know that we'll, I'll go and, and coach skiing and at a camp and we'll ski three, four or five hours a day. And at the end of a week of that, you're just sort of tired, but your legs don't, don't hurt the way that they would. If you ran that much every day, you would probably be in a wheelchair. So, um, it's definitely different than, than skiing and, and Keegan, you, you know, probably had to just completely restart your training in, in sort of January, February after, after chemo. And how did that go? And then how did you start incorporating running into it? 
Well, I think thanks to the influence of Active Against Cancer, I actually stayed quite active through my treatment. Um, I continued to do intervals, long workouts, strength training, all the way through chemo, surgery. Um, actually skied the day after my surgery. Um, and then through radiation, I was up in Anchorage and we had a great start to the winter. So I was skiing almost every day and actually in decent shape. I think when I skied in the Berkey in February, I was probably experiencing a little bit of laggering fatigue from all the treatment. But outside of that, I felt like I carried great fitness off the winter. And I just knew I needed to respect the impact and the build up into running. So I started back in April and I just tried to start integrating in some shorter runs that gradually built up in distance and duration. Um, and it has, like Brian said, it's been very humbling. Um, I feel like when I do my long runs, my engine can go all day, but around the hour mark, 90 minutes, I just, my legs start feeling destroyed. And it's really just taken a lot of working through that over the summer. And I just kind of hope as we come into this final week that I've done enough to prepare my muscles for the pounding. Um, but I mean, I'm not in the shape I was at the Olympics because I'm not training four hours a day anymore. But I have to say, I think I've carried quite a bit of fitness off of my career through the treatment and in the build up this summer. And you just won a half marathon. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. I wanted to do a little bit of a tune up race just to give myself a little preview of what to expect. <laughs> For, is that your first road half marathon or first one in a very long time? It is. First ever half marathon. First time running on the road over five miles. Wow. Okay. And you, I'm just going to point out people, she ran a 123, which is a pretty good time. Um, and then when you skied the Berkey, uh, and I, again, we're, we're talking about someone who has some athletic pedigree, but you skied the Berkey last year in the top 200 overall. So again, um, you know, what Keegan can do after cancer is more than most of us can do uh, at, at top health. But I think that's impressive. Brian, have you done any racing or have you just sort of been doing some long runs in, in your training? Well, I love to race. I'm addicted. The um, so, so sorry, I've, I've done some some uh, some smaller road races, some five Ks. Uh, there's a actually a lot of the trail runs right here in my backyard at Theodore Worth Park. There's a the City Trail and the Surly Trail Lopit. So those have been trail races. So I I haven't actually done a ton of road races. Just uh, I think two or three five Ks over the summer. And do you, I guess for both of you, but do you have a goal for time for the marathon? I mean, I'm sure you, you want to finish, but is there a specific time you're looking for? My my range is probably between 240 and 245. Okay. And Keegan, what are you, uh, what are you shooting for? My goal uh, through all this has been to go under three hours. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. It's looking like we're going to have just perfect weather 40 i've never done a race in good weather and 45 degrees and sunny with no wind sounds pretty pretty darn nice um so hopefully that is uh what we look at um and we're only five or six days out so hopefully the weather doesn't change too much um now the nice thing is getting this cold weather and it means that winter's coming which is obviously i think exciting for everyone um do you guys have any plans for the upcoming winter I'm I'm very excited to be uh, heading actually to British Columbia and skiing up at Silver Star for Thanksgiving. Okay, and racing plans? Are you skiing the Berkey with us again this year? Oh, I'll, I'll be skiing the Berkey every year. How many Berkeys <laughs> is this for you? This will be number eleven, I believe. Okay, you did have to take a year off to go to uh, to Russia for the Olympics, and I, I think a couple other times. But that's you know, we'll we'll let you do that. And Keegan, what are you uh, looking at this winter? 
Yeah, I'm excited to have a, a winter where I'm just fully able to get back into doing things. I mean, one one of my big goals is to just spend time on snow with my family. Uh, Breck is three and a half years old now, and I think he's pretty excited to get on skis this winter, both Nordic and Alpine. Um, I am hoping to do a race in the Metau Valley called Race to the Sun. Uh, Liz Steven did it last year and just raved about it, and we're only about three hours from the Metau, and that's Brian's backyard, of course, so excited about that, maybe. And then I am thinking, I am... I am thinking about coming back to the Berkey in February because last year uh, was my first one. Um, I enjoyed it. It was incredibly tough. Uh, but like I said, I think I had a little bit of a lingering fatigue from radiation. So um, it might be a good goal to get me skiing a lot this winter and, and come out and give it another try. Yeah, you know, the Berkey is almost full. I know they keep advertising, but I think um, if you call up the office and mention you want to ski it on the day before, they'll probably make some exceptions. Um, the, uh, you know, I think it's exciting to sort of look at the winter coming up. Um, I know that I've, most of the marathons I've run, uh, have been either Boston or qualifying for Boston. Boston's in my backyard. Um, the New York marathon for skiers is probably a much easier race because you're able to do a lot of volume when you should be doing volume. And it's not like finishing the Berkey or finishing your ski season and jumping immediately into, uh, running racing. And one of these years, I'm going to do a podcast about, the idiots among us who try to ski the Berkey and then run Boston Marathon. But um, congratulations on choosing a much easier one to run in because this is uh, much easier. Um, so I guess uh, the other the other big thing is that I just wanted to talk about what people can do. We're going to try this as recording on Monday. I'm going to try to get it out tonight or tomorrow. Um, how people can track us during the race. Now, some people might listen to this in New York City um, bundle up and come down. You're a skier. You can handle 45 degrees and standing still for a few hours. Uh, I think I looked at our bib numbers and that Brian is bib 1087. Uh, Keegan is 10208. Liz Steven is 4314. If you want to track me, I'm 2549. We all start at 10, uh, 940 AM. I think that's correct. And... Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, are either of you have VIP, you know, take the, take a nice warm bus to the start or are you sort of getting there with everyone else? I, I currently have to work on that. I, uh, I don't have any transportation to the start. So if you have any leads on that, would it be great? Let's talk. I, let's talk <laughs> I'm hoping I can get it on the ferry or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I mentioned Liz, do you know if any of the other, any other skiers are running and if we should uh, look at how to track them and cheer for them? Yeah, uh, Ida Sargent is actually also running on behalf of Active, oh. uh, and so Liz and Ida and I are all planning to run together. Now, you, if you're starting in different uh, uh, different corrals, are you going to all start in one corral together and sort of go backwards or try to meet up during the race? I think we should be able to start together. Yeah, I think people, I, you can go backwards, so whatever, whoever's, I think they'll, they'll start with you and your corral, I will point out to those of you who haven't run a lot of races, when there's even if you're up near the front of a race with this many people, it's often hard to 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 find. It's not like a ski race, um, even like the Berkey, because um, even with the waves, it's 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 a lot of people. Um, but it is it's it's it should be a lot of fun having having not raced this. Um, and I guess the other thing, so Keegan, uh, Active Against Cancer is aktivagainstcancer.com. I guess one of the things that uh, Active Against Cancer, the fundraising that Keegan's done mostly is in the form of uh, the socks. Um, 
I, I definitely have a pair. Keegan, you're running in them. Can you describe sort of the socks and the process behind them and where people can get them and how it all works? Yeah, well, uh, going through treatment, I needed that simple reminder that as daunting as things were feeling, it was going to be okay. And it started as a pair of rainbow-colored running shoes for me, but then my husband and I came up with the idea to make uh, some happy socks. So we partnered with Darn Tough out of Vermont, and we've uh, created some really nice happy socks that say it's going to be okay. And we've been selling them through my website uh, as a fundraiser for Active Against Cancer. $2 from every pair we sell goes to support their mission to make physical activity a prescripted part of cancer treatment. And to date, we've sold over 5,000 pairs of socks. So I know I'm going to need that little reminder when I'm out there running, you know, 20 miles in, six to go, uh, it, that it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. So I'm, I'll be running in my socks. And for anyone who needs that, just that little inspiration, that hope of getting, getting through something tough, taking on something challenging, it's going to be okay. Socks are available on shop.keekin.com and it goes to support Active Against Cancer. And if people can't tell who you are from your pink shock of hair, they'll be able to see your socks. Um, uh, Brian, are you wearing the Keegan socks as well? I, I've actually had some weird foot issues, so I have a different set of socks that I'll be wearing. But I, I'll uh, be bringing those along as part of my recovery uh, for after the marathon. And it's really just a great message, and it's, it's something that I really enjoy every time I get to see somebody wearing the socks. And it certainly brings a smile to my face, and it's... Uh, it's a great message that everything is going to be okay. I know. I got a pair this spring, and I was sort of, like, excited. I had these unique socks, and they were unique until I went to a ski practice, and all of a sudden, every other kid was wearing them, and I said, oh, okay. Uh, I guess in a certain circle, a lot of people have them. Um, and, uh, Keegan, I'm not going to wear them because I have dar other Darn Tough socks I really like, but it lets me mention that they are made by Darn Tough, which is a great uh, Vermont company made in the USA um, that makes really awesome socks, so... Um, even if you don't like the message, which I don't know how you wouldn't, you could get a really nice pair of socks and give money to Active, um, and they're super colorful too. And in addition to the socks, you can find uh, those on Keekin.com and a lot of more information uh, about Keekin also at Keekin.com. Um, otherwise, you're going to be on social media. What's your social media name? Keek Animal. Keek Animal. Everything's Keek Animal. Yeah, Facebook's Keek and Randall, but uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Keek Animal. All right, and Brian, where uh, are you going to be on social media about this? Probably following uh, Caitlin, so at Caitlin C. Greg or at Go Team Greg on Instagram. And she will probably be, she'll, she might actually be one of the best people to follow because she'll be following all of us but won't be running. Um, and you're on Strava as well if people want to see how good your race is there. Um, but yeah, I guess... Uh, We'll close with saying good luck to everyone. Good luck getting to New York and getting to the start and good luck with the weather. And um, hopefully if I don't see you during the race, I'll see you at the finish line or uh, at least see you in the results. And um, yeah, have a great race and uh, go go skiers because we're sort of taking over your New York Marathon. Thanks, Ari. Yep, good luck, everybody. Was, uh, we'll take it. Um, thanks, Brian, and thank you, Keegan, for coming on. That was uh, really fun. And taper well and travel well. Um, for those of you who missed the numbers when we read them in the podcast, here they are. And if you, again, I have added Ida Sargent in as well because, you know, 
only so many people from the Olympics can can ski, and I have room for five, so four of them plus plus me. Um, You can download the New York City Marathon app to keep track of all of us. Um, The race, I think, is also going to be on ESPN2. I don't think any of us are going to be front and center, but I wouldn't be surprised. Who knows if maybe there's something about Keegan. Probably not so much for the rest of us. Um, Come cheer us on if you're in New York or near New York. It should be a pretty nice day. Um, Or follow through your phone, follow online, send good vibes. Um, So the numbers for the Olympics, skiers in the race, and me are numerically. Brian's going to be 1087. I am 2549. Liz is 4314. Ida is 4696. And Keegan is 10208. We all start at 9.40 a.m. or a couple minutes after when we cross the line. And so everyone should be home, uh, home, well, back to Central Park by about 1. Um, and, you know, hopefully maybe I'll convince some of these skiers to come join me in Boston one of these years, too, because it's always fun to ski the Berkey and be running a marathon eight weeks later on ski legs. Um, the podcast was, as usual, produced by me. Uh, music is from Blue Dot Sessions. Shout out, as always, to producer Emeritus and pretty darn good skier himself, Sam Evans-Brown of New Hampshire Public Radio. His last episode was all about bugs. Uh, have a listen, outsideinradio.org. We have a good batch of content coming up in the next few months because we know that we must keep the content coming. So stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening. And go Brian, go Liz, go Ida, and go Keegan.